Hey, Nate here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest into your leadership. This fortnightly Emerging Leaders podcast is an initiative of the Australian Christian Churches in WA. I'll be interviewing a wide range of people and hitting up topics that I found would have been helpful to know about in my younger leadership days. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Well, thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of the Emerging Leaders Podcast. I have got the second part of my interview with Dr. Nigel Pegram, and we are going to talk about burnout. Mm. This is a... It might be heavier than it sounds, (laughs) (laughs) or you might not have any idea about what burnout is. So why don't we just start, um, Nigel, with a a definition of burnout? Okay. Um, Before I define it, I'm going to take a little step back and say why we need to define it. Mm -hmm. It's because it's one of those terms that gets thrown out around a lot. Mm. And people say, oh, I'm burnt out. Mm. And what they actually mean is I'm stressed. Right. Okay, so this burnout is linked to stress but it's not the same as stress Mm -hmm. and it's not the same as long-term stress which we call chronic stress yeah burnout is actually something really specific in as much as it relates only to the work context so you can't be burnt out at home right you can be highly stressed but not burnt out Mm -hmm. and it deals with relationships so Mm. it's to do with interpersonal relationships in the work context yeah only interpersonal yes right otherwise it's stress Okay. So, yeah, and this is what the um, people who are psychologists, researchers and all that mean when they use the word burnout. Okay. So it's a medical in the sense. Sorry? A bit more of a medical term in that kind of sense. Yes, because it actually has a a way of measuring it. Okay. And to measure it, you have to define it. Yeah. So in this case... What often happens in society is we tend to overuse a word or, mm. or slightly misunderstand it, so we use it in a certain way, yeah. and um, then we we end up having a fuzzy definition. Mm. So why it's important to understand burnout as something special, that it's stress due to relationships in the work context is okay. one of the ways of defining it, yeah. um, is because of that relational component. Yeah. And... The symptoms and the cause all have to do with relationships and therefore mm. emotions and managing relationships. Yeah. And that actually helps us define when we're in burnout, when we're in stress, and what the more important things are to manage it. Yeah. So, for example, we can be highly under stress because we're one of these thrill-seeker people who keep going for the adrenaline shot, yeah. and we can actually fall over in a heap, but we're not burnt out. Okay. However, someone can be not an adrenaline junkie, have huge levels of stress in the work context due to relationships, Mm -hmm. and they'll be in burnout, but not be in uh, physiological-induced stress, if that makes sense. Okay. There will be impacts in their body and all that sort of stuff, because again, as we said last time, we can't separate our spirituality, our emotions, Mm -hmm. and all that from different pieces from each other. We have to mm-hmm. view ourselves as a whole being. But ultimately, the key thing in burnout is it's triggered by emotional, relational stress yeah. in the work context. Mm-hmm. Okay, does that help? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So in that way, would if we are, I guess the word burnout has a very strong mental image that it gives you. Mm-hmm. You're burning... Both ends of the candle, and therefore you're burning out. You've got nothing else to give. Mm. Uh, I think that's what people reach for when they say that they're burnt out. But 
in a medicalized kind of a way, that's not the right way to talk about it all the well, time. Well, according to the definition, and partly it's because what you say is true, but it's only true if you understand that the, the concept arose because they were looking at people who were in caring professions. Mm-hmm. And so people in caring professions, uh, social workers, psychologists, doctors, nurses, ministers, all yeah. of us, mm-hmm. work with people. Yeah. And so people were always a part of that context when they burnt out. Okay. Whereas, you know, so in that sense, if we understand that's the context that we're always working with people and therefore that's where the stress comes in, then stress and burnout often really overlap and we can mm. almost equate them. Mm. But it doesn't happen at home. Yeah. It doesn't happen when you're not in a, uh, a people-oriented workplace. Right. Then it's stress. Okay. okay. So it's sort of where it arose from is how we... Okay. What people observed was, particularly amongst social workers and the like, they saw this happening where they, they get to the end of their tether. Mm. And when they analysed it, they saw actually it was, it was stress, but the emotions and the relationships were a core part of what was going on. Right. Okay. And um, if you don't mind me leaping ahead a little bit, mm. talking a bit of theory and measurement, because what they saw was what happened was you became emotionally exhausted. Yeah. And that's the first sign of it. Mm-hmm. You know, emotional exhaustion, that's one of the things the, the measures we use evaluates. What's your level of emotional exhaustion? Right. You know, have you used up all your emotional energy? Because mm-hmm. that then leads to the next stage where we do what's called depersonalization, where we mm. start to, instead of treat people as people, individuals, care, yep. caring for them, mm-hmm. we, we treat them more as objects or problems. Okay. So, in, and it's not just in ministry, you see this, I actually started doing my nursing training until I, my bike accident caused back injury. I got kicked out of that. Oh, right. But, um, <laughs> so I've seen this in sort of different fields as well. Mm. But, you know, you see people who they're, they're now that problem down the corridor or this mm. irritation over here, they're no longer this person who needs my, care, my help or my okay. care, you know what I mean? Right. And so they become not a person but a problem or an object. Mm. So that's called depersonalization. Okay. And... We do that to protect ourselves, actually. Mm. So, you know, it, it sounds wrong, and at one level, yes, it is. Mm. But what it is, actually, is a way we s- protect ourselves from the effects yeah. of the, the interpersonal stress. Yeah. And we're already emotionally exhausted, so what do we do? Well, we start distancing people from mm. us by making them objects instead of people, so we don't have to have that same level of yeah. emotional investment. Mm. Now, there's a third stage in the burnout process mm-hmm. that's uh, reduced job satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So you become emotionally exhausted, you start to treat people as objects, depersonalise them, and then your satisfaction in your job goes down. Mm. And so ultimately you end up with that sort of bucket load of, of symptoms, yeah. um, and it usually goes in that order. Okay. Um, you know, how there's not a strict one than the other because mm. often they start to overlap a little bit mm. so you become emotionally exhausted to a point and you'll start to depersonalize mm. and you keep getting emotionally exhausted yeah. and you'll you'll start to become dissatisfied with your job and that will increase and mm. so on so okay. you know it, they're not strict boundaries between them mm. they do overlap but there is a progression there that we see okay. So just to gain a bit of clarity around how we can see these, mm. um, for example, a pastor who is maybe part of a larger church that mm-hmm. runs a lot of events, and so this person is in charge of a lot of events, and the work is piling up, the amount of 
um, administration and organization and deadlines and all of that is all creeping up, but not so much to do with the people, but to do with the organizing of the events. And this person is also emotionally exhausted, perhaps, from all that getting all of this done all the time. There's that pressure, that, that expectation. But that would be more stress yes. than burnout. It's more yes. if you're working with people, maybe in a bit more of a caring, pastoral, perhaps even counseling um, area. And after a while, it's just like, oh, why can't this person just get it right? Yes. Maybe that's more... I wish they'd go away or you want to run away from them or avoid them or whatever. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be in the counseling caring. It could yeah. be in a team. Yeah. And levels of conflict in a team or okay. whatever, you know... Mm-hmm. Um, one of the ways to notice it is, is avoidance. Mm. Are you trying to avoid these people? Now, mm. it could be the fact that you're really bad at conflict and you're just trying to avoid conflict. And this is okay. part of knowing yourself, all right? Okay. Some people yep. are conflict initiators, some people are conflict avoiders and so on. Yep. And maybe conflict's another conversation we could have another day. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, so it could be that. But mm. certainly if you become emotion, more than just physical exhaustion, because it will be physical exhaustion in this, because mm-hmm. if you used up all your emotional energy, you've used a lot of physical energy too. Yeah. But certainly notice... Your attitude to people. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that will key you into the really personalization stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you cannot want to go to work because you hate the work. Right. You're not necessarily burnt out. It's mm. just it doesn't energize you. It doesn't, maybe it's a bad fit for how you're shaped or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, maybe, like I say, it's conflict or work, whatever, but it's not necessarily burnout. Mm. But if you're sort of, you, you realize that you're distancing yourself from people, particularly mm. as you've gone from the exhaustion stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're noticing moving in towards this depersonalization stage, that's a really big clue for you. Yeah. Um, but the emotional exhaustion, you, you notice when you're in highly emotionally charged situations, mm. do you have the wherewithal to deal with them? Mm. You, know, yeah. um, you know, or do you find yourself emotionally retreating? Mm. So you can. The trouble with this, mate, is. You've actually got to be self-aware. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is not an easy journey to travel. This yeah. is, you know, like as, as children, we start to learn to listen to our bodies and know mm. when we're, we're hungry and thirsty and all the rest of it. Yeah. Well, we need to know when we're emotionally hungry mm. and thirsty as well as mm. you know, when it's, we're well-fed. And, yeah. and being aware of these things actually mm. can help us be sustainable. Yeah. So Maybe yeah. from a personal side, to yeah. try to get some clarity from that. Um, there was a difficult... Um, pastoral situation, shall we call it, mm-hmm. in, our, in my church. And there was a person that um, was choosing a certain lifestyle, a certain way of living, and um, there was obviously a confrontation about that, and we had some conversations, but this person was not really wanting to change, mm-hmm. uh, creating a bit of tension. And I found myself being in a place of like, oh, you know, I just don't want to deal with such so-and-so right now just you know that i would rather give my attention to other people um and and you know i'll rather work with people that are good soil as we say in church circles mm-hmm. but that's not quite burnout no okay. not necessarily um whereas if for example that kept happening over time with multiple okay. people what you might find is that you actually find yourself retreating from all people okay and so the depersonalization is more generalized it can well be it okay. doesn't have to be but can well be okay it's, but it's and this is where you need to know yourself you know am okay. i just avoiding necessary conflict okay you know um it's 
ask yourself questions about what you're doing is a really helpful thing, actually. Mm. Reflect on yourself. Mm. Um, pastoral wisdom, you know, yeah. is um, being a reflective practitioner in ministry. Mm. And so what's going on? Yeah. Why is it going on? Why am I reacting the way I am? You know, asking mm. these sort of reflective questions are really mm. helpful to do. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the things we, we teach, actually, in uh, one of the master's units, actually, was theological reflection for ministries. What mm. goes on here? How do I reflect in an intentional way so I can be wise? Mm. Well, about yourself, too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I, it, unfortunately, because we are all so different, mm. it's really hard to put a line and say, this is what you're looking for. Okay. Right. Um, so if I want a checklist, it yeah, might be really hard. I can't give you one. I can't give you one. And that's where it's really, as I said, it's the hardest thing to know is yourself. Mm. And that's where we come back to what I said last time. It's really helpful to have voices that will speak into your life. Absolutely. Coaches, mentors, peers, any mm. of the above, who can actually, you can bounce things off. Mm. Um, and it may just help you to think things through. Mm. I'm the sort of person where... Sometimes I need to talk to people, not to hear what they have to say, mm. but because talking just helps me think more clearly. Yeah. Other people, they need to write it down. Yeah. I've got a friend who's very visual. He actually draws pictures on whiteboards. He's got mm. multiple whiteboards, and he, he draws yeah. on them you know, lists, diagrams, and those sorts of things to help mm. him process things. Yeah. And then he may talk to someone. You know? Mm. So know yourself. Know how you can best mm. process things and ask the questions. You know? Yeah. Am I just irritated? Mm. Am I just avoiding the conflict? Mm. Or am I actually thinking about these people, and here's the difference, okay. as, not as people anymore, mm. but as problems or whatever? Right. That's when you've got to depersonalisation. Mm. Does that help a bit more? Absolutely. Mm. So is burnout or chronic stress worse? <laughs> is, is there a difference, or are they both equally dangerous? They can be equally way? dangerous. Um, you know, because... Chronic means long-term, okay. um, persistent. Okay, mm -hmm. So you can have chronic burnout and chronic stress. Okay, And burnout is a subset of stress. So chronic okay. burnout is a type of chronic stress, if you know what I mean. Okay, yes. Regardless, the impact on us physically, emotionally, spiritually will be devastating. Okay. Um, it is not good for us. We're not meant to be in that place. Mm. It is not being whole, experiencing shalom, you know, that wholeness mm. we talk about in Scripture. Um, so that's not a good place to be mm -hmm. and certainly not a good place to stay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you get got there, one of the things you have to realise is it will take time to get back from there. Mm. And being gracious to yourself is one of the key things, to give yourself mm. time and space to get back. Yeah. Um, I know people who have got to that place in ministry. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been willing to do that, mm. and they're no longer in ministry. Yeah. yeah, I know people who've got to that place in ministry, and it's taken them years to come back to health in ministry. Mm. And it's, they've, they've gradually took steps towards it and all the rest of it. Yeah. And one of them I'm thinking about for three months, actually, I was one of only two people he talked to. Mm. Um, and... Yeah, because he couldn't deal with people because it was mm. actually burnout. It was yeah, the okay. emotional, relational stuff. Yeah. Um, and yet now he's back in healthy ministry. Fantastic. You know, yeah. but he had to travel the journey to yeah. get back and to learn to care for himself. And still occasionally he has his ups and downs. You know, like all mm. of us, if you injure something, mm. it can be a bit risky for a while. You know, mm. you've got to treat it carefully until you're back to health. Yeah. The good news 
because this isn't all bad news. <laughs> the good news yeah. is, if you actually pay attention to who you are, mm-hmm. you listen to yourself wisely, you listen to others wisely, mm-hmm. and even if you get into the place of stress and burnout, mm. travelling the journey back well will actually make you wiser for the future. Yeah. And will give you an ability to see yourself in a more healthy and realistic light. Yeah. But also you actually then gain a perspective that you can share for others' benefit. Absolutely. So for me, this is Romans 8. You know, mm-hmm. God can bring good out of any situation. You know, in all things, mm. God works for good. Yeah. To me, that says any situation God can bring good out of. Yeah. Including Definitely. when we are unwise in looking after ourselves and that sort of thing. Mm. Doesn't have to be the end of it. Actually, it can be yeah. something really good stuff. Um, one example: Aubrey Malfers. I don't know if you know mm-hmm. him. Yep. I think it's Malfers. Um, he did some really stupid things in ministry, right? Uh, and he now has a ministry about that, right? You know, not denying the bad things he did, mm. but saying, "Okay, guys, we need to be more wise in this area." Mm. And I know because I stuffed it up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And sometimes that's what we can do. And sometimes it can be, okay, out of this, I actually recognise who I am now mm. and I don't want to try and be what I'm not. And and then we sit in our sweet spot in ministry without pressuring ourselves to be something else. And yeah. So some really good stuff can come out of this, but mm. it won't come if we deny it mm-hmm. or we avoid it. Yeah. You know, so if you're going down this pathway, the best thing to do is confront it wisely. Yeah, fantastic. Well, there's something else that you said while we were doing the course a while ago about how there is this link between passion mm. and stress, stress like living under that stress. Yeah. Can you unpack that a little bit? Sure. This came out of some research that said the people who are most at risk, and this is actually really appropriate for mm. your audience, are those who are new mm-hmm. and most passionate about ministry. Yeah. And there's a couple of reasons there. One when you're new, we don't have we haven't developed all the skills we need mm-hmm. and we certainly haven't developed all the protective um, yep. self-care stuff we need mm-hmm. but also the those who are most passionate we tend to throw ourselves into ministry in mm. particular because this is serving God and yep. this is important mm. and I want you to hear one thing I'm not saying this is not important yeah but the trouble is our passion can be healthy or unhealthy mm-hmm. and there's some really good research been going on in this area and mm-hmm. I'm trying to continue this with a specific bent towards ministry mm-hmm. um, other people are doing it in the wider sort of mm-hmm. um, general caring realms and so on. Mm. But, you know, you can be passionate about something and it can add to what you're doing. Yeah. Or you can be passionate about something and it can impact right. on what you're doing. So um, one example of this that's totally unrelated to ministry that mm-hmm. may help you uh, yep. understand it, and it's maybe a bit controversial with some people, but it's gambling. <laughs> Right. Okay. Um, I come from a non-Christian family. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my eldest brother actually, for most of his life, ran betting shops in England. Right. Now, he was around gambling all his life. Mm-hmm. And he still, uh, not, as I said, not Christian, still mm-hmm. occasionally goes to the casino, has a bit of a, a bet, maybe bets on the horses, whatever. Mm-hmm. But his enjoyment of, and we might say passion for gambling... Mm-hmm doesn't impact on the rest of his life and doesn't create an unhealthy situation. Yeah. However, we know other people, mm-hmm. they get into gambling and it takes over their life. Right. And it destroys mm. often parts, if not the whole of their life. Yeah. And that 
passion, mm. and I'm using that word deliberately because it's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, some would say addiction to or commitment to whatever right. for gambling actually is unhealthy. Mm. And so a passion is something that drives us towards mm. like something, all right? Yeah. Now, why did I choose gambling? Because I wanted to take it away from ministry for a se- right. se- uh, second. Yep. Because the same happens in ministry. Mm. Mm. Because ministry, as I've already hinted, uh, I think in the previous session, is, it comes out of who we are. Mm. And ministry should be an expression of our discipleship. Yep. Yet we get, in some ways unhealthy messages Mm. that comes from inside or outside and motivations can be internal or external Mm -hmm. that say you you know you're not doing enough yeah you're not successful enough or whatever Mm. or you know i'm i can remember this when i was a young christian uh, you you know you need to burn out for god Mm. Uh, that was actually the youth camp I was at. I look back now and I think, oh, oh wow, I someone you? actually said that. Oh, yes, indeed. <laughs> but, they had, but back then, I'm talking last century, um, <laughs> uh, we, we weren't so aware of stress and burnout in ministry. Mm. Okay? Um, and it's kind of linked to that theology of picking up your cross, taking up your cross for Christ. It is. But the question is, are we going to view this as a sprint or a marathon? Right. And that's one of the images I use. To me, ministry should be the marathon, not the sprint. Yeah. You, know, you want to get there to the end of your life, not just be in the mm. short term. And our passion to serve God can cause us to treat ministry mm. like a sprint instead of a marathon, yeah. where we don't care for ourselves. Mm. We don't care for our families. We don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. So mm. rather than ministry being part of a life that is whole, and mm. I use that word deliberately, picking up on that idea of shalom yep. from the Hebrew Scriptures, yeah. where you know you look back at the, the people in the Bible and ministry for them was always in community, they had families, and mm. you know, we, we see a little snapshot. Use your, your informed imagination. You know, mm. um, These people did things. You know, Paul was a tent maker. He walked from one place to another. He was part of the synagogue community. He, mm. Yes, he was an apostle and evangelist. Yeah. But he also did other things. Yeah, um, we know many of the early church. They they were in families and communities, and their their churches were mm. local relational communities. Yeah. And, and those sorts of things. So you know they 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 worked jobs and professional ministry didn't even exist. So our scriptures had ideas around them that are quite different from where we are. Yeah. Now we can be so passionate to serve God mm. that we put everything into inverted commas, the ministry. Right. And forget actually that being a disciple of Christ also involves being a good son or daughter, Mm -hmm. father or mother, brother or sister. Mm -hmm. Just talking about family. Mm. But what about a good member of our community? Mm. You know, one of the things that really disturbs me and one of our master students that doing some interesting research in this area is um, that too many times Christians withdraw from the community become mm. their own holy little huddle in church yeah. and don't actually have an impact for the kingdom of God in the wider community. You know, mm. Where do we, in ministry, yeah. allow time to know our neighbours next door? Mm. And, do we yeah, even have time to do that? <laughs> that's part of my point. Yeah. How does ministry fit into a whole life? Mm. 
that's whole in that sense of shalom, yeah. healthy in terms of physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, Absolutely. all that, where we actually, because of the wholeness of who we are, we actually have an impact on people around us. Mm. Do our neighbours know us as that religious nut next door? Mm. Or do they know us as a person who actually they'll just come next door and say, hey, can you help mm. me out? Mm. I was... It sounds like I'm boasting with tough luck. Um, I was really pleased, you know, just thinking about it, and it just came to mind, that my neighbour next door mm. literally last night came over and said, um, can you come and help with this? And to me, if I was so busy yeah. being a minister, lecturer, whatever I am, you know, mm. that I hadn't cultivated a relationship with my neighbours, that yeah. would never have happened, mm. you know what I mean? And this guy's yeah. not a Christian, yeah. and he's far from it. Mm. My hope is he will become one one day. Mm. Um, but... You know, that's part of the journey I'm travelling with him in my community. Yeah. Um, but if we're so committed to ministry, we become disconnected. What happens is that's the best, you know what I mean? Yeah. What I see going downhill from there is we get people in ministry who are so committed to the ministry, their passion for ministry yeah. means they don't even look after their family. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. their divorce. Kids growing up who hate the church yeah. because their parents love the church more than they love them, and mm. you know stuff like this actually happens, mm. and it's the end often of a process. Yeah, you know, uh, none of this happens in an instant. No, but we can be so committed, so passionate about the church mm. that it's unhealthy, mm. and we can do that even to ourselves, where we don't take time off to have fun. Yeah, yeah. We don't take time off to have enough sleep. Yeah. You know, recreation comes from recreation. Mm. You know, play is healthy. Mm. You know, yet we can be so driven for ministry that we don't actually uh, care for ourselves. And that's where the passion for ministry is unhealthy passion. Yeah. It's healthy passion when it drives us to want to do well. Mm. Okay, I'm not saying we do poorly and we don't be committed to it. Yeah. But... How does it balance in a whole life that's a healthy, mm. well-lived life is a very important question Yeah, yeah. Um, in all aspects. You know? And I guess it's probably a little bit difficult for a younger person starting off in the ministry because mm. it's so new, it's so exciting, and it's also hard to know the sum of your life <laughs> Yes, <laughs> when you're 30 as opposed to maybe when you are 60 and nearing retirement. And you start to think, okay, what's the sum of my life? But yeah. it's important to start practicing that at a younger age. Yes. I, I don't. We can't know the sum of our life. I don't know that that's necessarily as helpful a picture as it could be. Okay. Because I'm talking about looking at the whole picture of your life as it is now. Yeah. And is it a healthy and whole life mm. is probably the question I'd be asking. You know, so if everything you do in life revolves around ministry, say if you're a, a young person and maybe you're not married, don't have kids, so you don't have that element to look yeah. at, but if you don't actually have time to get enough sleep, mm -hmm. if you don't have enough time to actually be someone who's not in ministry, mm -hmm. you know, then it's possibly unhealthy. Yeah. I would say likely unhealthy, to be honest. Yeah. Um, a question I sometimes ask people is, who are you? Mm -hmm when you're not the minister. Yeah. Who are you when you're not doing ministry? And mm. if you don't have a good answer for that, mm. and an answer that actually sits well in your heart, mm. and you can actually be really comfortable with, then there's some work to be done. Yeah. Because ultimately, ministry is something you do. It's not who you are. Yeah. 
And that's, I think, a bit of a, a challenge for some people. Mm-hmm. But a disciple is who you are. Mm-hmm. Ministry is something you do out of being a disciple. Yeah. If you, you know what I mean. We, we, we unbalance that when you create ministry with being a disciple. Mm. Not the same. Yeah. You know, uh, all disciples of Christ do ministry. Mm. Some of us do professional ministry. Some yeah. of us do certain types of profession and so on. Yeah. But in that, we are still a human being who's mm-hmm. meant to be a whole human being. Yeah. Experiencing, as Jesus put it, life in all its fullness. Yeah. Not in all its poverty because we're mm. so busy being a minister. Mm. Um, and I'm preaching. Sorry, Nate. I've, no, this yeah. is. I think this is so important to hear yeah. this. I don't think. I think I'm still on a younger side, but I don't think I heard a lot about this until over the last couple of years. Mm. And and uh, being part of the Masters of Leadership program has opened up my eyes to to some of these elements as well. And mm. and I think that if if I'm effective for the next five years, but absolutely kill myself doing it mm. instead of doing the next 30 years and yeah. being effective for 30 years mm. i could be doing so much more yeah. uh, if i'm healthy if i'm giving my 100 percent. a part of my journey for example is learning how to use my voice better mm-hmm. yep. i wasn't preaching every week when i was uh, a campus pastor and now that i'm a uh, lead pastor i'm preaching a lot more and i'm mm. talking to people a lot more and i strain my voice a little bit and I was thinking about that. It's like if I kill my voice in the next two years and not be able to preach for the next 35, is that worth it? <laughs> and that was a bit of a sobering thought for me. Mm. It's like I need to get some training in using my voice even. And I need to get training. And that's a big part of what we've already mentioned, bringing people in. Yep. It's like, Nate, you are trying too hard. <laughs> Nate, you are, you're not rested. You're looking worn down. And um, I think there's something about building for the long term rather than like the sprints and the marathons. Yeah. And I think that's Because even important. if you say two years versus 20 years, and 20 years is not a long ministry. Mm. All right. Let me tell you, I've been in ministry longer <laughs> than that. And you think of some of the, the elders of mm. our movements yeah. who were in their 70s and still often doing great ministries. Mm. Many of them started in their late teens, early 20s. So yeah. we're talking 50 years of ministry then. Yeah. You know, what you can do in two years, if you only did... A quarter of that mm. for ten years, you'd achieve more. So yeah. even just pure mathematics, yeah. it says the long term is much more productive than the short term. Mm. But if our goal in ministry is to make disciples, yeah. and I keep coming back to that, sorry, but to me that's mm. how I think about ministry. You know, we're to make people disciples of Christ, make them look like Christ. Yeah, that doesn't happen like that. No, people may come to that instant knowledge of Christ. Mm. Other people don't, by the way. Not mm-hmm. everyone has that experience. Yeah. But no one mm. becomes like Christ in an instant. Yeah. We travel that journey for our whole lives. Mm. So to actually be effective in discipling people so that they can get to the point of being disciple makers, yeah. we need to be in ministry for the long haul. Mm. We need to manage ourselves and be a person who models ministry for the long haul. So then the next level of yeah. uh, people will be in ministry for the long haul. Mm. So what we end up doing is not just being um, effective for our lifetime. Mm-hmm. We've become effective in multiple lifetimes. Absolutely. Because we've actually shown what healthy mm. ministry looks like. That is so important. Yeah. So, so, so And important. I hope you can hear I'm getting excited about this. <laughs> because you know, to, this is what I'm passionate about. Not mm-hmm. stress and burnout, to be honest. Mm. I'm, mm. I think this is really important to talk about. Because this is what gets in the way of this stuff, of, yeah. of having ministries that have 
impacts beyond our lifetime for the length of our lifetime and then beyond it mm. and that multiplies who, what yeah. we, we could have done mm. if we just burnt out in just a few years yeah yeah well maybe if you're listening to this this is permission for you to take a longer view on life definitely yeah <laughs> and to see that's actually selfish to to kill yourself doing zen ministry in the next couple of years rather than to devote the whole of your life to christ in a sustainable in a in a flourishing kind of a way. Mm. And I think for me doing, uh, having been a credential pastor for, I checked this out the other day, I think I've got six years under my belt. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and seeing how much I know now after just six years and thinking that, give that another six years, I will know so much more. I will actually be able to give so much more. Mm. And then add another six years, the capacity I could grow into yes. is actually, um, I think that's what, what we're meant to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me know my colours to the mast. I'm coming up to 30 years. Mm. And uh, I still, I only recently this last week was thinking, you know, I, looking back on some of the stuff I did in ministry, and I, I don't know that I ever did anything really badly, mm. but I look back and think, I could have done that so much better now with the wisdom and knowledge I have now. Absolutely. You know, so mm. um, not only do we avoid the negatives, we bring mm. all those positives you're talking Absolutely. about. So, yeah. Well, this conversation could go on and on. There's so much to discuss. (laughs) Maybe there will be another part to this one day. Uh, But I want want to just thank you, you. Nigel, for giving us your time and and being so passionate about this topic. Mm. I know that as as one of the students at Alpha Cruces that you do drive students to to learn and to grow and to examine these areas in our life and um, to be sustainable but also Mm. flourishing. So I want to thank you for your work and, and all your effort and And I hope that you are blessed through this. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Remember to help us to share, to spread our podcast to other people that might benefit from the content that we are creating. Also, make sure that you send through your questions, uh, your topics to nate at thelivechurch.com.au so that we can continue to make this podcast as relevant and helpful as possible. Thanks so much and we'll catch you soon.